This presentation is brought to you by GetWhole.org, bringing wholeness to spirit, soul, and body. Here is Aaron Weiserl. I've worked in every department, every ministry, with the exception of greeting and ushering. And there's probably good reasons that I didn't do those, but I've done everything else, done everything else. And um, we went to Bible school, graduated from Raymond 2000 and um, came back, came back to the church as a janitor, like forever. So I'd started that in sixth grade. And um, so anyways, I've been around church like forever. Okay. And it helps me give a really, it helps me with a good perspective, I think. And it helps me be able to see like where we're at now. And when I say the church, I'm talking about just Christians in general. I'm not talking about this church. I'm not talking about my church. I'm not talking about, you know, First Baptist, anyone. Like, we're all on this ride, okay? We're all here for a purpose, and God has really good things for us. Do you know that? And you know that there's not one church that's, like, wrong and one church that's right? You know that? I don't know if you guys know this. The word denomination means a section of the whole, right? So we can look at everyone, all our Christian brothers and sisters, and we can be like, you know what? We're all together. You may have a little different spin on this. I may have a little different spin on that. But you know what? We're all together, right? And we're here for the same purpose. We have the same goals. Sometimes we hash those out in different ways, right? But we can give everyone room, can't we? Just give everyone a little bit of room. Let everyone take a deep breath. Right? And it's really freeing to be able to just give people room, give people space. So anyways, I've been around church for a while. I've done all different kinds of things. When we came back from school, we started with the children's ministry. We revamped that. Um, So we worked with kids for about seven years. Then I took over the media department. We did radio, TV, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then I started working with young adults. Did that for a few years. And then out of that, God kind of moved me into where I'm at right now. And that's the ministry that we call Get Whole. We started it three years ago. Um, We've had over a thousand people come through it. Um, We do little classes of 50 is all that my room holds. So we've done a bunch of classes, have tons of people come through it. Um, Tamara and Pastor Heidi came through. Do I call you Pastor Tamara? No. Do I call her Pastor Heidi? I do. Okay. I don't know. You know, it's all, it's always different. You know, I never know. I'm just teasing. I make lots of dry jokes and you're not even going to know whether you're supposed to laugh or not. So you guys would be like, was that a joke or I don't know if I should laugh. I'm feeling a little nervous. So if you're wondering, just don't do anything because then you won't, no one will be like, oh, I can't believe you just laughed. That wasn't a joke. He was talking about someone dying or something. Um, anyways, they came through the class and we got good feedback on that. And that's probably why I'm here today. Anyways, we have some really good testimonies. My favorite testimony um, from people that have come through this class, we've had three, everyone say three. Three. We've had three little babies born. One um, couple, they've been trying for almost a year. And um, no, not almost a year, for a whole year. And the, the wife came to our class and the very next month they conceived. Okay. And now the baby is a couple years old, I think. Um, so three babies, we've had multiple fibromyalgias. See, that's, that's a good one because they don't really have many answers for that. Um, high blood pressure, sexual issues, just all kinds of different stuff. Um, and so we're going to introduce some stuff to you. Now, I do warn you that this is a 20-hour class that we put on. So we start Friday night, and then we do all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And it's intense, right, Tamara? A lot of stuff, right? We go over lots of stuff. There's a little ministry time where people can really kind of like let the Holy Spirit work on them. So if I cover something that's like, well, I don't really understand what he's saying, or that seems kind of weird, just understand that I'm just kind of throwing some stuff at you. And I've picked a few things that I hope will be able to help you over the next couple of weeks. Thank you that you love us so much, and you are just waiting to give us the answers that we need for the things that we're facing right now. I ask you to touch each and every person that's in here right now. 
that you would bless them, that you would show them your unconditional love, no matter where they're at, what decisions they're making, you love them absolutely, unconditionally. Thank you for all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this is our cornerstone verse right here. It's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I think they're going to have them on the screen, right? Oh, there it is. Okay. So this is the contemporary English version. So if you have if you have that version, you could turn to it and look it up if you don't want to read it on the screen. If you don't have that version, probably don't look it up because it will be different. Okay, so this is, uh, I pray that God, who gives peace. Everyone say peace. peace. That's a really important word. We're going to talk about that um, in a little bit. I pray that God who gives peace will make you completely holy. And here's what I want to focus on right now. And that your spirit, your soul, and your body would be kept healthy and faultless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Everyone say spirit, soul, body, right? So spirit, soul, and body. Talks about all those and it says faultless. You know what that word faultless means? It means without fault, right? It means the way God intended you to be. Do you, guys, do you guys remember like Genesis and he created Adam and Eve and blah, blah, blah? He created them faultless, right? And so then came the fall of the, the, the world and everything. And so that's when everything kind of entered in. Um, so a lot of times as humans, we like categories and we like to look at things because we like to think, right? And so we categorize everything. Like, so for instance, we have black people, we have white people, we have Asian people, we have this, we have that. We have diet Coke drinkers, we have diet Pepsi drinkers. We have all these different kind of categories we put people in. And um, one of the things is, is God doesn't really do that. You know, God just looks at us as what? People, right? We're all just people. He doesn't see all the different differences. He doesn't see the blondes and the brunettes and the no hairs and lots of hairs. He just sees us as people, his creation. And he loves us very much. And a lot of times we break things into categories. So here we have spirit, soul, and body. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's different denominations. There's different people that will fight to the death, fight to the death over is spirit and soul the same? Maybe we're a two-part being. Maybe we're soul and body. Maybe we're spirit and body. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't really know. The school that I went to is really strong in the fact that we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And that's what I happen to believe. If you believe the other one, it's fine. Whatever. It doesn't even probably, I don't think it really matters that much. But anyway, spirit, soul, and body. Now, what's interesting is that helps us understand our makeup, right? Um, so when I used to work with kids, I'd do this. I'd say, like, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And we'd, like, shake, right? You guys want to do that? Like, I, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Well, that helps us. There's, I saw that wiggle back there. It's good. Okay, okay. You want to come up and do that for everyone? No? You do? I, don't, I have very limited time. And I have so much stuff that I wanted to present. Otherwise, how about after? We'll do after. You can wiggle after. Um, I don't see that God, God does these... Um, these categories. God does not look at us in a divided clinical petri dish fashion. He sees us as one being, okay? And so those parts help us to understand different things. But the point that I want to make right now is that God cares equally. This is something to think about. Maybe it'd be like, what's he even talking about? Who cares? God looks equally and cares equally for every part of who you are. Every part. Now, that may sound like no big deal. I mean, what's, he's like talking preschool up there. It sounds simple, but it's not if you really think about it. We have an, a, an understanding inside, whether we will verbalize it or not, but we have this idea that God cares about our spirit. Because after all, what lives forever? Our spirit, right? Has anyone ever been to like a funeral home or we used to clean a funeral home for like six years. So like we were there like middle of the night cleaning and bodies everywhere and stuff. So I've probably seen more dead people than anyone in this room, unless you're a funeral director. Um, and 
I'll tell you, when you see that body there, you know that's not the real them, right? The real you is your spirit. So we get this idea that that's really what God cares about. And that's why I love this verse. May your spirit, your soul, and body, right? Isn't that, isn't that cool? Spirit, soul, and body. What's your soul? That's your mentalities. That's your emotions. That's the things that you think about, the things that you like, the things that you don't like, you know, your um, different emotions, how they come up. Um, mental disorders. You know, mental disorders are huge, right? We have people have all kinds of different problems. And there shouldn't be a stigma about that because if you have diabetes, what do you take? Insulin, right? So if you have a mental disorder, what do you take? What you need for your mental disorder. No problem. You do, do what you got to do until God, until God makes that right. But anyways, he cares equally about your spirit, your soul, and your body. Everyone say, my body. God cares about it. Right? Okay, good. God cares just, about, just as much about your body as he does your spirit and also your soul. This is your mentalities, your feelings, and your emotions. He cares deeply about it. The things that you're worried about, do you know God cares about that? The ways that you deal with your mother-in-law who checks to see if you dusted well every time she comes over. He cares about that. Like he cares about those feelings that you're, that's, that's my mother-in-law right there. She doesn't check. Do you check? No. Well, that, if you did check, that'd be fine because Melanie usually dusts. So you can check if she dusts. It's no, I won't, okay, I won't check yours. You were created in his image. Okay, and this, this includes your body and your mind. When he finished with, okay, do you guys remember the creation story? Remember he like, I don't know if you noticed this. We talked about this in the class, but he actually didn't create grass and trees and stuff. He just told the seeds to do their thing. Um, that's a whole other topic that we're not going to get into. Um, but so he created different things. He told other things just to do their job. And when he was done with the animals and all that stuff, do you guys remember? What did he do? I like to picture this. I like to picture like God here, the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you picture him like. We don't, I don't know, something, dove maybe, maybe cloud, maybe, I don't know. So Holy Spirit's whooshing around and Jesus is hanging out with them and saying, he looks at Jesus, he says, let's make man in our image. In other words, this is the pinnacle of creation. Has anyone ever seen some of the NASA pictures that they take, like the craziness of our universe? And like, so like we're like a speck of dust and then the earth is like a speck of dust compared to the sun. And then the sun is a speck of dust compared to other stars. And those are specks of dust compared to other things they found. And so in all this brilliance and all this amazingness, do you guys know that if all the, um, all the space, if all the, okay, so we're made up of atoms. And if all that space was gone, the particles that you're made of would fit on the end of a pin if, if all the empty space was gone. So like we're here, but we're not here. Like, like that wall's here, and like if I push on it, it pushes back. It's like one of those laws I remember from physics or something. Like if I push hard, it pushes harder, and you know, so stuff like that. So God made all this stuff, and it's brilliant. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Has anyone ever seen like an anteater? Has anyone ever seen an elephant? You're like, what the heck? Like this is crazy. Like, and so out of every awesome thing that he created, the pinnacle of creation is you and me. We're the only part of, like, the human animals. People say, like, well, the human animal. There's no such thing as a human animal. Um, We were made in God's image. So we're not, like, just a little bit higher than the animals. We are made in the image of the ultimate, supreme, divine creator of everything. And we were made in his image. And when we say we're made in his image, that includes our bodies. Your body is not this bad, filthy thing that goes around and does immoral things, and your spirit is this wonderful, recreated being, and your body, and blah, 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 blah. Your body, do you know this? Your body is very simply the suit 
or the mobile home that you need to be on this earth. As soon as that mobile home like crashes, loses some parts, your spirit's got to go. So your body's not a bad thing. Your body can do bad things. It can do bad things, but your body's not a bad thing. God loves your body just as much as he loves your spirit. And I'm trying to make a point here because we're talking about health. We're talking about wellness. We're talking about being the whole being that God created us to be. And it's important to understand that God, God loves every single part of you, every single part of you. Now, I told you I have four kids, and if you, you probably can't see from there, but maybe if there's a camera zoomed in, you'd see, like, I'm starting to get some lines on my forehead. And I've heard that, like, your collagen diminishes as you age, right? And so you can get, like, fillers, like Rejuvederm and stuff. Like, I'm, I think that'd be really cool if I had some extra money, get some shots to get rid of these. And I, I don't think it's the collagen so much as the fact that I have four kids. And what happens is, is little by little, your body wears out, right? So you can look in the mirror and be like, God can't be that interested in this, right? But he is. He loves you. He loves every, every single part of you, every single part of you. And he, looked at, he looks at you and he says, very good. Everyone say, very good. Everyone say very good. Okay? So, muy bueno, very good. Okay? And so, I'm reading through the Bible. Has anyone ever read through the whole Bible? I mean, even like the Leviticus and like the, the, like the names and all that kind of stuff. So, I, now, probably the only reason I can say I've done that is because I did go to Bible school. And one of the things they require is you to read through the whole Bible. So, I have read through the whole Bible. And when I looked through in Genesis, when he looked at everything and said it was good, he made man and woman. He said, very good. And I don't see anywhere in there, because I've read through the whole thing, I don't see anywhere where God's like, looks at Jesus, is like, well, they were very good, but I think I'm going to have to take that back. Um, they're sort of good. No, no, they're just bad. They're just bad. Just bad. No, he didn't do that. He didn't take it back. You go through it. You look through there, Genesis through Revelation. You read the whole thing if you want. He never looked at humanity and said, eh, I made him good, but now not so much because he loves us that much. And do you know that there's nothing you can do in your life? There's no decisions that you could make that would make him stop loving you? Has anyone ever heard the story of the prodigal son? We need to come up with a new name for that because it sounds really churchy. Jason, maybe you can help me. Jason's really good at being not too churchy. So like you're talking to people that aren't from church and you're like, let me tell you the story of the prodigal son. They're like, the what? What's that? Well, anyways, it's this kid that went out and did a bunch of crazy stuff, ruined his dad's name, spent all the money. Now this guy had money. That means he probably had a prominent place in the city, right? Has anyone ever read through the story? Well, tear it apart. Think about this in real terms, not like a coloring book. Not like in preschool, I colored a coloring book of the prodigal son. Let's think of this like you and me, our parents, being in a city, being like feeling like you completely ruined your parents' name. And you know what he's doing every day? I always think of like this big long driveway. I think of like this big house, like a big tall house, probably two stories. And I always see him like going up to the top, looking down his long driveway to see if his son's coming back after his son completely ruined his name, right? He kept looking for him. And what's the picture of that story? That's how God looks at us. So it doesn't matter the decisions that you make. Now, the decisions you make do kind of make for messy life down here, right? So if you go kill someone, guess what? Mess, messy life. Like you're going to have, there's consequences on earth. But do you know God doesn't look at you any differently should you do something like that? He still loves you. And one of the cool things in this class that we're not going to get into today, when people come to the class, one of the things we look at is why we do what we do. 
once you understand why we do what we do as humans and why we make the decisions we make, and when you can see how broken humanity is, and you can see how someone did something to that person who did something to that person who now grows up and does the same thing to the next person, and you can see what's working on us from the time that we're born, you can start to look at people like the worst, like I now can look at the goofiest people and think, I can see why they're like that. I can see why they have made those decisions and why they deal with what they do. And you know what comes out of that? Compassion. Everyone say compassion. Do you ever see Jesus when he's walking on this earth, you read the stories and you just see amazing compassion come out of him, right? And all the religious people are like, oh, well, that's a, that's a harlot. That's a blah, blah, blah. I can't believe you're allowing that. And Jesus just had full compassion. He was able to be around all different people, not just the church people. In fact, a lot of times the church people like annoyed him. He's like, you guys like are whited sepulchers full of dead man's bones. What if someone called you that? What if someone was like, you are a whited sepulcher full of, I think a sepulcher is like a casket, right? I don't know, a casket full of dead man's bones. Like, yuck, like that's probably the worst thing you could have said back in like 30 AD. That's probably, if I was in my own church, I would say it was like Jesus cussed at him. But I'm not in my own church, so I'm not going to say that because it could offend some people that don't really know my heart and know that I'm just joking. But anyways, that's like the worst thing. So Jesus is able to look with complete compassion because he saw what humanity had been through. He saw what was working on people. And that's one of the things to get your wholeness is compassion. When you can have compassion on yourself, that's the hardest thing to have, right? Compassion on yourself for the decisions that you made. I've talked to people that have dealt with some of the craziest decisions, some of the worst decisions over their life, and they can't get past it. They have self-bitterness, self-hatred, guilt that won't go away. And that's something that the Holy Spirit wants to work on each and every one of you. He cares about you. You're forgiven right? You're forgiven. You are. When he looks at you, he's not, he doesn't see all that junk. You do, just because you have the memory of it, right? There's reasons why we do the things we do. And if we can understand that there's reasons behind it, we can have absolute compassion. You're the pinnacle of God's creation, and he said you are very good. Everyone say very good. Who's making me sick? Everyone say sick. Look at your neighbor and say, are you sick? Look at your other neighbor and say, are you sick in the head? You guys don't know how to deal with me yet. I don't think you know what to do. Okay, so who's making me sick? It's so easy. Do you guys know we have an enemy? Okay, who's our enemy? Satan, Satan, devil, right? So I believe we have a real enemy. I believe that's a real spirit personality, a real thing. Um, He used to be one of God's best angels. You guys remember his name? Lucifer, right? Lucifer. And um, I want, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Everything that comes through my head, I've... I've learned not to say. So I'm working on that. My wife's always helps me with that. It's one of the good things about being married. Yeah, maybe next week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mull it over, maybe throw it, throw it at my wife, see what she says, throw it at a couple people, test it out before I, before I say it publicly. So who's making us sick? So it's easy to think of our enemy. We know him as Satan, the devil. Do you guys know that God didn't create the devil? This is a hard thing for atheists because they don't understand. They're like, well, if you, if you believe... In a, in a loving God who's all good, how did he create evil? Do you guys know God didn't create evil? So what happened? God gives people free will and choices. And evil comes when people with free will make choices that go against good. So here we have Lucifer who had a free will. I, I always thought angels didn't have a free will until I was reading the Bible. I was like, oh, wow, I guess they do have free will. And 
he made some choices, and that's when evil starts. Do you know that? So, like, we can make decisions, and it's not God working evil through me. It's the decisions that I make that open evil up into this, into this world. Okay, so it's easy to think of our enemy. We know how nasty he is, and it's really easy to blame him for everything. And what I'm hoping to do is shift your focus a little bit to stop blaming him at least a good part of the time. Now, we do know that sickness does not come from God. Does everyone know that? How, this, is, this church teaches that, right? Like, that's, that's the good stuff. Okay, that's, that's, you got to get that settled. That's one thing you really got to get settled is that God's will is never for sickness. Okay? He doesn't use sickness. He's not like mad at you for the different things you did in your life and now you're 65 years old and so he's going to teach you a lesson and you know you always hear the testimonies of like well when I got this you know I was able to get so much closer to God well what that is I'll tell you what that is in Romans it talks about God uses everything for the good so he will use something so that's great I'm glad the cancer brought you closer to God but that's not that wasn't his purpose in it right he can bring us closer to him without giving us a disease he doesn't give diseases. He doesn't have any diseases to give, does he? He's not like up in heaven, like getting out his little pouch and like, let me give a disease. No, a disease is very simply, we talk about this in, in class two of our class, a disease, disease is very simply the body being off balance in some area, opening you up for disease. Everyone say peace. peace. Everyone say peace. peace. Okay, so that's a Bible word. That's also like a... Um, you know, government word and, um, you know, all peace. So peace is like absence of war, but it's a, it's a whole lot more than that. There's a medical term called homeostasis. Does everyone know what that means? Homeostasis is balance. Homeostasis in the body is the same thing as peace. When you have peace, you're balanced. When you're not balanced, you're set up for disease. Okay. So I'm not going to get into that too much, but that's, that's part of what we talk about. We cannot blame the devil for everything. How many of you guys have ever learned about the fact that the devil's defeated? What's your name right here? Dana? Okay, she was up here sharing some good stuff, and she's talking about how, like, the name of Jesus is powerful. And, like, we, we know that, right? We know that. We know that he's defeated our enemy. But then the question is, is why does he not seem like he's defeated? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because a lot of times we come to church, we say all the right things and we're like, the devil's defeated, and we're, like, all excited, and there's power in the name, and then we go home, we're like, um doesn't seem to be true. doesn't seem to be true. That's actually what started me on my journey for starting this class is because I grew up in a church that taught it's always God's will to be healed. Jesus provided healing by dying on the cross. By his stripes, we were healed, right? We've heard all those things. And then my question is, is why am I not healed? And the first answer that a church like mine would come to, or if you're talking to someone, would say, well, you don't have enough faith, right? You, you need to build your faith. And how do we build our faith? hearing God's word. So I got all my scriptures out. I got all my healing scriptures, fold them in a piece of paper, keep, keep them in my pocket, which by the way, I'm not making fun of that. That's a good thing. It's a good start. But one thing I noticed is that when Jesus, do you guys, do you guys ever hear the verse that Jesus went about doing good and healing all, not some, right? All. That's what the verse says. I, I think, I believe it. It's what it says. So we're supposed to believe it. So Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, right? So Jesus did that. And in almost all the stories, they were healed right then. Everyone say instantly. And sometimes you're not healed instantly. And there's a story of the lepers. Do you guys remember that one? It says they were healed as they went. So everyone say time. So what we like to do in churches that we believe in healing is we say, well, we're going to pray for the sick and they will 
recover, right? And that's good. But I have a problem with this is just my personal thing. So here's here's where I'm just I'm just throwing out what I think. You don't have to you don't have to think this. I personally think that if the recovery doesn't happen within a, re- a reasonable amount of time, now reasonable, that's kind of up for debate, right? So whatever you think reasonable is, a reasonable amount of time, I need to start asking questions. And this is where we separate the people that are willing to question some things and the people that get a little scared. Because when I start bringing up certain things, sometimes people are like, oh, he's kind of messing with like, this is scary. Like, he's messing with theology. Like, and see, I'm the type of person that I am not interested in just walking the line, chanting the same thing over and over and over. I'm not interested in 20 years of chanting that I'm healed, I'm free, the chains are broken when my life is completely bound up. That's just not me. Now, I know lots of people like that, and that's cool. You know, bless you for being like that. You're probably more steadfast than me. But I start to answer, ask questions, and that's really what this class has been born out of. And this class has been very, very successful, reasonably successful. It's not perfect, but it's been very successful. And it only happened when I finally decided I have been in this church for this long, and I'm still seeing the same people go up in the healing line for the same thing. And there's nothing wrong with healing lines. And there's nothing wrong with believing God for your healing. But when something's not clicking, let's do what we do in the business world. It's what we do in the mechanics, working on a car. You don't just keep fixing the same, I don't know anything about cars. Like I just lease one and they fix it all the time. So don't keep fixing that part and then it doesn't work. And then you fix that part again. Let's like research and look because maybe it's another part. Maybe there's something else. And you know, that's what the Holy Spirit's here for. He's here to guide us and lead us and help us, okay? And that's, that's really what we, do, what we do in this class. Okay, 2 Timothy 2.24. We're, we're talking about who makes us sick. What's our enemy here? We got it? Okay, good. So Satan is ultimately our enemy, but I want you to see maybe a little bit of a different perspective. And the servant of the Lord, so this is kind of talking about me right now or anyone that's like teaching or helping people. The servant of the Lord must not strive. So, yeah, settle down, settle down, not striving. Be gentle, be gentle unto all men and woe men. Um, apt to teach and patient. I try to be all those things. In meekness, look at this, this is, a, this is the kicker. Instructing those that oppose who? Themselves. Instructing those that oppose themselves. And then we'll read this part fast. If God peradventure will give them repentance into the acknowledging of the truth, Okay, and look at this, that they may recover themselves, everyone say themselves, out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So who is opposing whom? We can get into a place where we are opposing ourselves, okay? Who's going to recover whom? Now don't say God, because that's, that's like the easy church answer. Well, God's going to recover me. Of course, God's going to do it. Well, I'm, and that can be true. I'm, I'm just kind of giving you guys a different slant. Do you guys know there's not always a perfect, exact, right, right and wrong answer? Sometimes there's different ways of looking at things. It's another thing. Okay. Um, who will recover whom? We recover ourselves from the trap of the enemy. I had someone one time correct me because I passed I pass the scriptures out on a sheet in our class, and this is one of the scriptures that I use. Third John 2, they're like, um, Aaron, you missed the one colon two. It's third John one two. And I said, thank you so much. I was just very gracious. But the fact is there's only one chapter in third John. So you don't even have to say third John one two. 
So that's just just a little bonus for you. Okay, Third John 1, 2. Now, people, if you've been around um, churches like this and stuff, you hear this verse a lot. It's a really good one. It says, beloved. Now, when you see beloved, um, that means fellow believer. Okay? Beloved, I wish above all things. Everyone say all things. Okay, I wish above all things that you would prosper. I speak with gum in my mouth, and Dana, I saw you had gum in your mouth too, so I was like, yeah, that's cool. People are like, you, I don't chew it. I just put it in the side, because then when people come up, I want to have, have fresh breath. Right? Is that good, Jason? Oh, God. is that a mint? Oh, see, I can't do a mint, because I'll sit there and like chew on it and stuff, and then like white powder starts, and you guys think I'm like foaming or something. <laughs> something is really wrong with him. Okay, uh, beloved fellow believer, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. So that's good, right? That's a good one. I like that. Prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So soul, what's that? That's our psyche. That's, that's psyche. That's a Greek word. That's where we get like psychology and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's your seat of your feelings, your emotions, your desires, your affections, your aversions. What make you you? That's like your personality, okay? Our goal is not to be healed. Our goal is to bring wholeness into our life. And out of that, your body will heal itself. Did you ever ask a doctor sometime and ask like, do you heal people? And they're like, no, we don't actually heal people. We just help them get their body to a place so that the body can heal itself. God made us that amazing, right? And so when we're not getting healed, when it's not instant, like most of the time with Jesus, and when it's not as you went, meaning recovery, and again, that's a timeline you can put on it yourself, we need to ask ourselves, is there things in my life that's stopping me from my body healing itself the way God created it to do? That's the question that we need to ask. What is going on in my body that's keeping my body from being the way God created it to be? Our goal is not to get healed. It's very simply, that's a byproduct of our soul, okay, coming into line and prospering the way that God created it to. I used to think that this verse um, usually talked about our soul prospering was like learning the Bible more and getting more faith. So I'd be like, beloved, okay, so if I want to prosper and like money, I need, I need money. We all need money and stuff. So I want to prosper that way. And I want to be in health. So I need my soul to prosper. So what does that mean? I'm going to memorize more scriptures. I'm going to know all my power verses, like all the verses according to the thing that I'm dealing with. And again, nothing wrong with that. But what I believe is that as you get to know God more, as you get to see his, is he talking about God's character? That's cool. So he's on God's character. As I get to see God's character, I'm going to start looking more like him because I want to be like more like him. And then out of that, my body is going to start to be whole. Okay? Wholeness is going to start to come to me. Um, and so I would read that scripture and think like, oh, well, that's all about faith. And, and it could be about faith. But I think there's actually a much bigger, broader picture that we need to look at. I would study scriptures that revolved around healing. There's nothing wrong with us. But now let's go back to Jesus you guys know Jesus walked this earth? Does anyone know how long? 33? Huh? 33, right? I think, I think he was like 30 and then, um, yeah, whatever. So anyways, 33 years, so I'm older than that now. So I've been on this earth longer than Jesus walked the earth. That's pretty interesting. And so I'm looking at him thinking like, okay, so we're all about, we see Jesus healed. And we want to be healed. And so we build ourselves up on the word of God revolving around healing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm thinking, like, let's look at what did Jesus do? Like, what did Jesus do when he walked this earth and then he had all these miracles? He had people, like, being restored, being healed, mending the brokenhearted. Like, I believe that's, that's actually for mental issues. The brokenhearted. It's talking about your soul. Okay? Mending the brokenhearted. So we know that faith comes by hearing God's word. So what did Jesus teach? Okay. 
I'm going to make a statement, a statement, and then you can tell me if this sounds true. If it doesn't sound true, you don't have to say that it sounds true. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, you mainly see him teaching how people are supposed to act towards themselves, towards others, and towards their Father God. I want you to think about the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to think about the Beatitudes. I want you to think about only a couple times did he talk to his disciples about faith. Remember, if you see a mountain, you speak to it, believe in your heart, you know, don't, don't doubt, blah, blah, blah. So he did talk about faith a couple times, but most of the time when he was dealing with the regular people, he talked about how we see ourselves. He told us to love ourselves indirectly, love your neighbor as yourself. So I can't love my neighbor if I don't love myself. He talked about how we would treat ourselves, how we would treat our neighbors, how we would look at God the Father. He said things like this, forgive your neighbor. Everyone say forgive. forgive. Okay, so if you have a neighbor, like a, a real neighbor, like sometimes they mess your grass up or cut your tree down or something. Forgive your neighbor, don't covet, don't murder in your heart. Be humble, be merciful. This is a good one. Be a peacemaker. Everyone say peacemaker. In other words, don't cause strife. So this is good, like when we, when we have a church that's, you know, together and you guys all know each other, sometimes you can kind of get a little, you know, we get weird, like, like, oh, did you see what, Jason, like, did you see, like, he, I mean, I don't know, like, what, blah, 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 blah. So that's, that's strife, right? I mean, I can't, I only use you an example because there's, been, there's nothing to say. No one could really ever say anything bad. So sometimes I talk about my mother-in-law in classes, and I always tell, I, I talk about her, I I, don't, I talk about the mother-in-law issue, and I tell people the only reason I can use this as an example is because I have zero issues with my mother-in-law. Zero. Zero. Everyone give her a hand. She's a good mother-in-law. She's good, especially when she makes food. That's nice. Um, okay, so be a peacemaker. Don't worry about the future. Do you guys know how messed up we are with worry right now in 2015? Now, I don't mean to... Um, come down on different ways, but I mean, we're, we want to like hoard things. We want to be scared of things. We're worried about Obama. We're worried about who's the next one. We're worried about NATO. We're worried about, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we're just worried, 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 worried. You know, there's a scripture that says that men's hearts will fail them for fear of the things to come. That's exactly what we're talking about in this class. The things that you think about, the way you are, that are not like God's way of thinking, speaking, acting, are the very things that are messing with your body down to the cellular level. Do you know that your cells, all the way down to the smallest part of your living being, your cells, they respond to anger? They stiffen up. Cell membrane semi-rigidity. You can look it up. Cell membrane semi-rigidity. So you're like, why am I so toxic? Like, I eat salads all the time and I'm still toxic and I drink this disgusting green drink and they test me and I'm still toxic. Well, part of that could be cell membrane semi-rigidity. So when you're like this in your life, when you feel you have to protect yourself, when someone mistreats you and doesn't nurture you properly when you're growing up, you protect yourself. Your body responds exactly the same and sets you up for disease. So the whole point is when we need to look at our enemy, we need to see, am I opposing myself? Are there things that I'm not let go, letting go of from the past that people have done to me? And one of the things you need to do is you need to look at every, what's that? There's a verse like Ephesians 6 that talks about we wrestle not with what? Flesh and blood. So in other words, if you really read that scripture literally and try to see what it means, it's saying your problem is not with your husband, even though he may be a jerk. Your problem is not with your wife, even though she may be cold, frigid, and annoying. 
Your problem is not with your boss at work. You know what it is? It's the principalities, the spirits, and the things that are in the higher places that are working on us to get us to enact their will on the earth, which is destruction of God's creation. When you're getting ready for a wedding, like we were a long time ago, and all of a sudden I have this thought to say to my wife, you're wearing pants to the wedding? Okay, women, is that a good thing to say? No. Okay, so where did that thought come from? Don't know. Could have come from a thought that was just there at the right time, getting me to spew it out of my mouth at the perfect time to cause a rift between us for the rest of the night. And what does that do? Does that cause peace? Does that bring balance? Does that bring homeostasis? No. And so those are the things in our lives where you can go after Satan, you can quote all the verses that you want, but what you really need to do, say, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me. And he's not going to show you the list of 268 things that you need to work on. He's going to show you the first little thing. And it's going to be gentle. Everyone say gentle. If you ever ask the Holy Spirit or Jesus a question and it sounds like a broken record, like a nagging, if it makes you feel yucky inside or feel bad for you as a person, guess who it's not? It's not the Holy Spirit. It, you may think it's the Holy Spirit because it sounds like the way your dad talked to you when you were a kid. But that's just your interpretation. The Holy Spirit's always gentle and always bring you just what you need to bring you to the place that you need to be. So my whole goal today, and then we're going to finish this up next week, is to get you to a point where you can understand God loves your body. God loves your soul. God is not interested in the mental anguish that you deal with. He wants to touch you down to those parts. Everyone go ahead and close your eyes here real quick. Okay, so with your eyes closed, we're going to have a little imagination game. And if you could look in Jesus' eyes, if you could meet with him, where would you meet with him? Just think of a place. Jesus talked about us, you know, being able to think about him even after he left the earth. It's in John 14 and 16. Okay, so we're, we're looking at Jesus. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that he's coming to meet with you in this place. I always ask people, what places are you thinking of? A beach is always a, a top one. Sometimes, you know, at home, at my table is a top one. Sometimes people are like, well, when I was a little girl, I had this little table that I love, so that's where I'm meeting with them. That's cool. Wherever, there's no right or wrong answer. And what I want you to do is I want you to look into his eyes. Anyone that's ever seen Jesus says there's something about his eyes. They're beautiful. They're deep. And they're always full of love. And I want you to think of him, and I want you to think of him looking at you and saying, that I love you and that you are good. He accepts you. He cares about you. He cares about the things that you think there's no way he could possibly care about. He knows everything about you and he's absolutely excited about you. The Bible says that he thinks about you all day long. In the Psalms, it talks about that he, his thoughts towards us outnumber the sands on the sea. Father God, I ask you just to touch each and every person that's here right now. There's areas that need to be tweaked. Just ask you to wrap your loving arms around every single person in here.
Help them to know that as we leave out of this place that you want them to be whole. You care about the minor things, you care about the big things, and you love us very, very much. Thank you.